All my life, I knew that I was not the person I was supposed to be. I have a lovely wife, Wanda June. I have a lovely, lovely son. I named him Wixen. And I have a terrific, fantastic, absolutely dynamite job working for the Madison, Wisconsin Police Department. But I've been living a lie. Society has put me in a box to it. I did not want to live in. And I just couldn't do it anymore. I've been born into a body that I wasn't meant to be born in. I had to approach my wife when I came to this realization. And I had to tell her that I had an issue. It was the hardest and probably most awkward confrontation of my entire life. And I sat her down and I said, Wanda June, I am not the man that you think I am. I am not comfortable with my body. The body that I live in today, that I live in right now, is about 200 years too old for me. Because really, Wanda, I'm a cowboy. I'm from the 1860s. And I am trapped in a terribly modern body, in a terribly, terribly technologically advanced civilization that I do just not feel comfortable in. And I took our Honda Civic in and I traded it for the wonderful steed Apache that we got sitting in our stable right now. And I love that horse absolutely to death. I made my first million dollars when I inherited a puzzle company from my father-in-law. So I made my first million, and I invested in pornography, and uh, that's how I got the rest. But, you know, I was living in my penthouse with my porn star wife, and I, I just felt like things were too complicated. And, you know, I have to, I really have to blame the puzzle business for that. It's just, everything was just too complex. But uh, that's when I decided I should just uh, you know, go out on my own. I left the house one day wearing nothing but a ripped up t-shirt around my waist and been out here since. I was born and raised in Black Hawk, Mississippi. Uh, it's a small town, you know, uh, maybe about 30, 30 of us down in Black Hawk. Um, it's more of a crossroads than anything else. Not really a town, I guess you wouldn't really say. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a nice place to grow up. Um, had a lot of neighbors, real friendly. My daddy worked at the gas station down the road around the corner. We never had much money. But, um, you know, daddy was a hard worker. He put food on the table. And he read me stories at night. He would read me stories of princes and kings, queens and princesses. And he'd always say, honey pie. You know what you're going to be? You know what you is? You's daddy's little princess. You know what you're going to be one day? You're going to be a princess. And I, you know, I took that to heart. I was a little girl, maybe four or five, and I believed it to my core. And to this day, I still do. I was daddy's little princess through and through, and I wasn't going to let nothing stop me from being a princess when I grew up. You know, I... 
I tell my my class, you know, we go around and say, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Everybody say, you know, I want to be a veterinarian. I want to be a ballerina. I want to be some, I don't know, doctor or something. I'd always say, I want to be a princess. And that was the absolute truth, you know. I That is what I want to be. And they all laughed at me. Wanda June, at first, you know, she had her problems. She being the liberal Madisonian. Madison, Wisconsin, of course, being the communist capital of the Midwest, had her views about how women should be treated. And apparently the uh, way that women were treated back in the days that I'm actually from just don't match the way that my wife feels she should be treated. For her 32nd birthday, I got my wife a corset. And I had to work awful hard to get this. I don't think she knew the lengths that I went to get this. I traveled on horseback from Madison, Wisconsin to Washington, D.C., the capital of these great American states. And I purchased from the Smithsonian Institute a corset made of whalebone that I saved up for with every penny, with every shining nickel. And I brought it back to her on my trusty steed Apache. And I said to my lovely wife, Wanda, I got you the best gift a man could ever get you. I got you an authentic corset from the time period that I am from. And she cried. And I cried. proud of what my daddy said I was going to be, what he wanted me to be, what I wanted to be. I got to high school and I still want to be princess. Nothing was going to stop me. You know, I, uh, I figured, you know, I was a little bit more sensible at this point and realized I'd actually had to, to do things in order to be a princess. Um, wasn't just going to happen to me. You know, I, I started, I started, you know, trying to sit up straight in class. You know, everybody else was doing their homework. I, you know, I'd nestle myself against the hard wood back of the chair and, you know, just try to maintain good posture like a princess. And I even asked my daddy if, if he'd, he'd uh, buy me archery lessons. You know, princesses are supposed to be athletic, but, you know, in a dainty kind of way or something. I always heard they did archery. So I want archery lessons. Well, that didn't, that didn't quite pan out. There weren't many archery teachers in, in Blackhawk or nearby vicinity. Um, but I, then I thought, well, maybe, you know, I could be a falconer. You know, that's that's what princesses did or something, maybe. And so I, I said, Daddy, I, I'd like a falcon. If I'm going to be a princess, I need a falcon. I need to train a falcon. Daddy went out and bought me turkey. You know, I was the darnest closest thing they had to a falcon around those parts. And, you know, I, I loved him for it. I really did. I, I couldn't quite get him to, to balance on my arm, though. Um, he's, he's a little bit ungainly, and he... he wasn't quite a, up to the task, couldn't really fly either. Um, so that there, you know, I didn't really quite work out, but you know, I really, my daddy was committed. He wanted me to become a princess and he, he knew, he knew my passion. He knew my drive. And I just, I was committed to pursuing it. I first noticed that, uh, I just didn't feel right. A little while after my 
first wife died uh, actually in a puzzle-making machine accident. It was horrible. But needless to say, it was a closed casket funeral. But uh, after that, I... I started uh, I started in with the porn, which really wasn't like me to begin with, and uh, that that just didn't fill the void. So uh, I found myself standing in the Natural History Museum beside the mannequins of the cavemen for hours sometimes, just uh, taking the same poses, bending over the fire pit, you know. Uh, skinning the deer with the flint stone. But uh, it wasn't until later that I realized that all that was a lot harder than it looks. On the same day that I told Wanda that I was a cowboy, trapped in a body from the 1860s about 150 years too late, I also told my, my own sheriff that I could not wear the Kevlar uniform that he required to carry the standard police equipment that he wanted. I now carry a trusty Colt 45 on my side. I wear my chaps proudly. I wear my Stenson hat proudly. And I most certainly bring my flask of work in every day. With my heels on my desk, I sit and knock back a few. And that's just the way it is. And, you know, they may call me what they will. They may call me old Buck and Bronco or Shooter McGavin or what have you. I can't carry it on. But essentially, I look them in the face and say, I am from the 1860s. And if you have a problem with that, sir, why don't we take it outside? And as to date, every single police officer will not challenge my Colt 45. They know they will knock their socks off. And it would blow that head right off their head and shoulders. So they know where the power is. It's right on my side. So in school, they, you know, we got gym class and that kind of thing. And they'd always try to make us play these, these games and things like dodgeball and, you know, tennis. And I don't even know. All these games have you run around getting all dirty and sweaty. And you know, A princess does not do that. A princess does not get sweaty. A princess does not physically exert herself when she does not choose to. And most of the time she does not choose to. I, I insisted on wearing my best skirts to gym class. And I insisted that princesses did not play such things as they were having us play in gym class. And, you know, I was, I was laughed at and, and mocked. And, you know, I've docked points for, you know, wearing my skirts. But, I, you know, I didn't care. That wasn't what I was there for. My mama didn't didn't quite agree with me on this count, but, you know, I was there to be a princess. My mama thought I was there to, to learn and get smart. And mama was, mama was pretty adamant about me getting a good education, you know. Smarts what matter. Uh, smarts will get you somewhere. Smarts will get you to college. Something your, your daddy and I never had. Um, she really, she wanted the best for me. Um, meanwhile, you know, daddy would always be telling me, Honey, you related to William the Conqueror. Greatest conqueror in the world. You have royal blood, you know. Go out and fulfill your destiny. You know, I'm gonna buy you best things a princess could ever want, and you're gonna go go out and be a princess. You know, you're gonna follow follow in the footsteps of your ancestors. My mom always be like, William, what the hell are you telling her that old thing for? You know, don't don't buy her them turkeys. Don't don't give her fill her head with stories about William the Conqueror. We ain't no such royal blood. You know that. <laughs> 
Honey, don't listen to your father. Go out and learn. Be smart. Go to college. William, would you stop that? She she would just she really hated everything my daddy did for me to encourage my dreams. She um she she all she wanted was for me to go on and be successful. And my daddy just wanted to help me attain my goals. You know? She she was very disdainful of of everything my father really really did, uh, in general. But you know, for her sake I did I did pretend like I was trying to learn things sometimes in school. You know, I, I'd sit at my homework and you know, I'd be, I'd do my homework, but I, really, I was practicing my penmanship. Um, that's real important for princess to have, you know. But you know, I humored her for a while, but that's not where my heart was. Well, uh, nowadays I'm living under an overpass. Uh, previously, I'd been living in a sewage pipe. That was uh, that was pretty nice actually, except for when it rained and everything came washing down. That's why I moved out, in fact. But, uh... Been having some trouble with the local authorities. They, uh... They have a problem with me coming into the neighborhoods and, uh... Taking people's dogs for food. So, uh... I've been trying to hunt more of the rabbits and squirrels, raccoons, possums... Sort of thing lately. I try to stay out of trouble, but... Uh, the dogs are always there. I get an awful lot of respect, I think. But I've also lo- lost a lot, too, from my peers. They don't invite me in the undercover stakeouts anymore. Apparently, I blow their cover. The guy sitting there in a cowboy hat and wearing cowboy clothes doesn't fit into normal day society. Being that I don't travel in an automobile and I'm on my horseback, I guess that drags some attention to the various undercover issues that we may, may be dealing with. And besides, I'm often more into the vigilante way of getting around things. You know, when there's an issue about, and we're having some problems with some hang-up on some due process hooba-shooba, the first thing that I say is, you know what, we should all just round up a posse and go and hang core this kid. I'm tired of sitting and listening to you guys jibber-jabber about why we don't do anything. This is why we are having such a problem now. Nothing ever gets done. Vigilante law was a great thing. It was a way to keep the peace. And a peace is most certainly not held today. So in high school, particularly my high school, there are all kinds of obnoxious boys who are going through stages of puberty that uh, we females have already passed through several years ago. Um, And these boys are particularly obnoxious at this age and particularly obnoxious towards females who fancy themselves princesses. You know, they'd often tell me, you know, girl, what do you think you are? Who do you think you are? You're trampsing around here and your princess get up, you know, your princess makeup thinking you's a princess. They ain't no southern princesses. Who do you think you are, girl? Get over yourself. You know, and I I recognize that, you know, maybe princesses haven't ever come out of the south before, but you know, the princess of Germany had a German accent. The princess of Sweden has a Swiss accent. Swedish, whatever. You know, French princesses probably have French accents. I'm just a southern princess. I got a southern accent. It's only natural. 
know, they just, they just don't understand me. They don't understand what I want to be. They don't understand my aspirations. But you know what? I don't care about them. They can think I'm snooty if they want, which they do. In fact, everyone does pretty much. Um, but you know, that doesn't bother me because I've got my eyes set on the prize and I know what I want. And what I want is a Prince of Denmark. I decided. He, uh, you know, I heard about him. I don't know much about him personally, but, um, you know, I read about him in, uh, in, in books and magazines and things. I'm, I'm pretty sure he exists. Uh, but, uh, you know, I figure that Prince of Denmark is going to want a princess who knows how to do princess-like things. Um, and so, you know, I just, I've been diligent about the things I've been learning to do, like the penmanship, and, uh, I've been sitting up straight and, you know, practicing eating all nice like with utensils on the right sides and things at dinner. And, and I figured like, all I got to do is keep on practicing these things and figure out a way to get to Denmark and, you know, show them what I got. There ain't no way you can refuse, you know? I mean, and that, and that is the surest way to become a princess, marrying a prince. That's, that's what I discovered. So, you know, one of these days I imagine I'll get to Denmark, but in the meantime, till I, till I get the money to do so, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep practicing, and I'm not gonna listen to a word those boys say, not even the Tire King. Tire King's particularly uh, obnoxious because he, he, he fancies himself uh, royalty, just because his name's got a king in it. It ain't even really his name; he just works the Tire King down the road. He's an owner or whatever, and he says he always says to me as I walk on by to school, he says, "Honey." I'm the best king you ever gonna get. Why don't you just come on over here to Tire King? I'll make you a real princess. And Tire King, he just won't leave me alone, though, you know? He just, he is relentless. He tries to get me to come over back to the Tire King house, wherever the hell he lives, in his pickup truck. Says this is where real princesses ride. You know, Tire King shop is where real princesses live. You know, I just, I just keep walking, you know, I just, I just look the other way. Um... I, don't, I know what he's about. I know what he wants. And he ain't no king. He can't fool me. I know what a real king is. And he's, you know, his son is in Denmark. And that's what I want. When I traded in my Honda Civic for my trusty seed Apache, I realized that I had to leave my horse outside the station all day. And this was something hard to do. Because a horse usually ain't apt to sit out in the hot sun. So I had to build a stable over one of the parking stalls, and I had to put in some hay and alfalfa, and I had to come out and feed my horse a couple times every afternoon in the morning. And sooner or later, you start having these yokels, you know, working at the station, complaining about how my stable is stinking up the parking lot. And you just look at them and look at them level-headedly and say, Buster, you got a problem with my horse, you got a problem with me. And that usually gets them off your back. Fortunately for me, though, I don't have to deal with these guys enough. I just get on my horse, I take off, and I found a group of uh, a couple good friends. And they also dress up as cowboys, but they do it more as a, a for fun activity. They do it more in private, and they... They go out and uh, shoot moving targets of engines and stuff like that. I join in. It's my good fun. We get awful torn, drink a lot of Jack, and that's lots of fun. But then when they ask me to come back home with them, I realize I can't. They do not have 
the problems that I do. They live normal lives. They just like dressing up and pretending to be cowboys to relieve anger or whatnot. I am not relieving anger. I am expressing the person that I am deep down inside. So it's about the end of my senior year, you know, getting that time where people are starting to look at what they're going to do after high school. You know, a lot of a lot of kids are looking at going straight, you know, to working, you know, and some some kids are going off to college, just where my mama wants me to go. But I have other goals. Um, I'm gonna go to Denmark. I don't know where it is. Uh, I don't know how I'm gonna get there, but I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna find me a prince of Denmark, and he's gonna marry me, and we are gonna be prince and princess and live happily ever after, and I'm still gonna be daddy's little princess. Mama don't don't think that's so feasible, but you know I don't I don't really care. I am going to Denmark, and the first step towards going to Denmark is getting a crown. And that's what prom queens wear. So I, you know, this is prom. This is the biggest thing of my high school career as far as I'm concerned. Because this is what will get me what I need to become a princess. Namely, a crown. I wear my prettiest dress. I put on my nicest shoes. I sit up my straightest. Because I am so confident that I'm going to be chosen to be on the court. And then I'm going to be chosen to become the prom queen. That will get me the crown, and that will make me a princess. So, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this prom thing. You know, I'm, I'm just getting so excited about it. And so I'm sitting there. I'm waiting in anticipation, you know, on the edge of my seat as they're announcing the queen, the king. Announce the king. You know, some punk kid who, you know, made fun of me for wanting to be a princess. And then they announce the queen, and her name is... And Laura Duke Sanders. Not me. I don't know what to do with myself. I I just I just break down right there and then. I I just start crying. I just start weeping. You know, I'm you know, thoughts of stealing the crown and running off to Denmark go through my head, but I just know that won't happen. And then I hear a voice behind me. <laughs> just chuckling real low and sneaky like I know who it is I don't want to turn around <laughs> taps me on the shoulder and I turn around he says I told you sweetheart I'm the best thing you're gonna get you come on home with the tie king I'll show you how a real princess does <laughs> I understand when people look at me that they think that I am completely off my rocker. And they think that I'm a total nut job. But quite honestly, maybe we are living in a different world. Maybe what we see isn't really what it is. Maybe I'm the only one who has his head on straight after all. Or maybe I'm just lost in the time continuum that I can't even begin to comprehend. Well, I realize right now is the time of plenty, but it's going to start getting colder and I need to consider heading south for the winter. But of course, my wife won't go with me. And you really need another person to travel that kind of distance with you to keep you going and such. Because it can be tough. You're traveling to unknown lands. You uh, 
don't know when you'll find your next meal or whether there's fresh water to drink, where you're going to stay the night. But uh, hopefully I'll be able to find somebody. Um, I'm, I'm currently staying under the, uh, the Beltline at 151. So if anybody would like to join me, you know where I'll be. Looking around, I don't see too much in here. There's just a few windows showing me the sky. Every morning I awake before I want to as the songbird in me slowly dies. For you I'll find my voice as if I have a choice, as if I know anything more than these sorry words and this subtle noise. If I awake and find my body in a lake so cold, don't know, cause my soul's left on the bank. Stop. 